something like this.
about the Lord will fight for you, you need only to be still. The Lord will fight for you, you only need to be still. Amen. Amen. We'll be reading the scripture from Exodus chapter 14. Exodus chapter 14. We're going to go down to verse 10. That's where we'll begin. Exodus chapter 14, beginning at verse 10. If you're able to stand and honor of God's word, you may do so. Exodus 14, verse 10. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. And it reads, As Pharaoh approached the people of Israel, looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. 
they cried out to the Lord and they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Were there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It is better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Amen. Let's have a word of prayer. Our Lord, our God, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Lord, for you alone are holy, Heavenly Father. And there is none like you, Heavenly Father. Father, we just thank you this morning, Heavenly Father, from the time you touched us and awakened us this morning until this point in time, Lord. How you guided us safely to the house of worship one more time, Lord. We thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for you deserve all praise. Not unto us, not to us give any glory, but all glory belongs to you and you alone, Heavenly Father. For how excellent is your name, Heavenly Father. Father, we have come here this morning, Lord, to worship you, Heavenly Father. To worship you in truth and in spirit, Heavenly Father. Father, so right now we ask you, Heavenly Father, to please help us right now, Heavenly Father, to forget about whatever's troubling us and worrying us, Heavenly Father. And let us right now just concentrate on you, Heavenly Father. Let us give you all the glory and honor that's due your holy and magnificent name, Lord. Lord, bless, Heavenly Father. Every song that will be sung and every prayer that will be prayed, Lord. Please bless the gospel of Jesus Christ that's going to go forth, that it changes us from the inside out, Heavenly Father. Father, we thank you, we praise you, we magnify you. It's in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that we pray. Amen, church.
today in, in Exodus, uh, going to focus on the subject matter, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. These two passages I want to lift up, uh, Pastor Price read us, Exodus the 14th chapter, uh, verses 10 through 14, we're still staying there in Exodus, and I'm going to ask you to join with me prior to that in 13th chapter. I'm going to lift up verses 17 and 18. Uh, as we look at this, I want to deal with how God knows best for us. All we just need to do is follow. When we look at our text leading into this 13th chapter, verses 17 to 18, uh, they have been delivered. They have done the Passover. They are God has moved in an amazing way that they on the on the 
on the crux, if you will, on the, on the crest of them about to leave and go out with triumph victory. But what's happening here is that God also knows that as they're moving in victory, they are not fully prepared to receive that everything that God has for them. I want to highlight this for us to think about how we want something now, but we're not ready. And how we need to trust and wait on God to give us the victory. When we look at our verses with me now, chapter 13, uh, verse uh, 17, y'all with me there? It says, when Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through Philistine territory, even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. God said, if the people are faced with a battle, they might change their minds and what? Return to Egypt. I'm glad y'all with me. So God led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness towards the Red Sea. Thus the Israelites left Egypt like an army ready for battle. There's a gap there now to the 10th verse of chapter 14. Y'all still with me? As Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord and they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It is better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Tell your neighbor, stay calm. Stay calm. Another translation says, just be still. Tell your neighbor, be still. Be still. Some truths for us to learn from today's text is that one, God leads us the best path. It uh, does not mean it's going to be the shortest path, but it will be the best path. It, will, it may not be the easy path, but it will be the best path. I want you to understand that God will lead you in the best path. Second truth that we're going to talk about today, that the best path may not be the shortest or the easiest, but it's going to be the best path. And then lastly, I want to point out that the Lord with you is more than enough than anybody against you. The Lord shows us his perfect will and how it all comes together with the children of Israel and their conflict with Pharaoh and Egypt. God leads Israel by the way of the wilderness so that they will not lose heart by facing the strong, mighty sea people, the Philistines, by encouraging them along the way. The enemy known is Egypt. The enemy unknown is Philistine. And since God already knows they're scared of the Egyptians, how much more they will be scared to see somebody else on their way to their promised land? See, God already knows what you're scared of even before you face it. <laughs> God is protecting Israel both from seen and unseen dangers. 
and his perfect plan had them go around about way. This shows us that God knows the best path for our success. And we can be encouraged to know that God will be with us in this journey. Understand that there's no shortcut to success. Tell your neighbor you got to work hard for it. But if you're trusting in God, you will know that you are headed in the right path. Notice this verse 17 in chapter 13 that after Pharaoh realized what has happened, when, finally, when Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road. So here it is that they could have had a quick getaway. <laughs> they could have been out of sight and out of mind. But God understood that that's not the way I'm going to take you. And here's the other thing I want you to grab here, that God understood what he was doing. By making them stay in the woods a little bit longer was allowing him to show not only Israel, but Egypt, that he's got all by himself. <laughs> See, God knows that if they fight, they would lose heart, so he knows they're not ready. So God had already made up his mind, I'm going to fight your battle. Isn't that good news? That God has already made up his mind how he's going to defend us, he's going to protect us, he's going to watch out for us. So there's no need for you to worry, no need for you to be stressed out. Know that God already got you blessed and over overcome. And looking out, when you look up, you know that I have victory in Jesus. And everybody here know that you can call on Jesus. So God does not lead them the way that will lead them to face the Philistines. Now also, uh, our, our Bible studies people know that Philistines are a constant enemy in the Bible. So that you notice that they were not an easy people to defeat. And so God is pointing out to them, y'all not ready <laughs> to face them yet. So let me help you out by not facing them now or by taking you around about way. There's some times in our lives that we think we're ready, but God has already known you're not ready. Help me, help me tell your neighbor, I, I, I tell your neighbor, you're not ready yet. <laughs> and just got to wave to God to tell you when you're ready. So God leads them by the wilderness. But now, Here's the other thing about taking them by the wilderness. He's taking them there in the wilderness in the Bible oftentimes is a place of preparation. And so now he's taking them in the wilderness to prepare them for the victory that is coming. But also when you go into the wilderness, a place of not only preparation but a place of testing. To find out are you who you say you are. <laughs> are you able to do what you're going to do? And so here it is that they're being introduced to the wilderness for the first time but it won't be the last time. But also this wilderness is nothing new to Moses because he was hiding in the wilderness. God called him out of the wilderness to go back to Egypt and to bring him back into the wilderness. And so Moses has already been prepared. He's already has been tested. But now Israel needs to catch up. <laughs> but notice the text says that they were marching like an army. Y'all see that there in the text? They were marching like an army. But yet they don't have an army spirit. <laughs> Oftentimes in our lives, we can dress like it, but we don't act like it. <laughs> See, they, they look like an army, but they're not acting like an army. And they, they are big in number, but they're small in heart. And they don't have the confidence and the, and the ability to think that they can do what it looks like they can do. Oftentimes in our lives, God has equipped us and prepared us, but we don't know we've been equipped and be prepared. We're going to discover here in this text that God has already covered them, but yet they have not understand that they've been covered. 
It's sort of how many times you're going out to eat with somebody, you're prepared to pay for the meal. It's already been paid for. Sometimes you don't know. You've already been blessed. Mm. And you're stressing yourself, how am I going to cover it? They looked like they were ready to fight, but they weren't ready to fight. They were just marching as God has called them to be. But now I want to also highlight here, not only are they marching as an army, marching into their promise, but also they are fulfilling the promise of God. What I want to highlight is that our God already has worked out what he's going to work out. (laughs) They are told by Moses to get the bones of Joseph. Why are they getting the bones of Joseph? I'm glad y'all paying attention to asking some good questions. Well, in Genesis. Uh, the 50th chapter, verses 24 and 25, it says, Soon I will die. Joseph told his brothers, But God will surely come to help you and lead you out of this land of Egypt. He will bring you back to the land he solemnly promised to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Then Joseph made the sons of Israel swear an oath, and he said, When God comes to help you and lead you back, you must take my bones with you. Oh, aren't you glad God is faithful? Joseph told us some 400 years ago that when God shows up, I want you to get my bones out of this place. (laughs) And that I may rest with my family. I always had a few more witnesses here. He's understanding that this is not my home. (laughs) But I got a destination. Oh, I was a few more witnesses here to know that it's going to be better on the other side. I'd rather be there. With mama and daddy. It doesn't sound like familiar to somebody, right? That when we lose some loved ones, we say, I want to be where they are. Joseph said, I know Egypt's not my destination, but I got a place over that God has promised me. I have not seen it yet. I've not been there yet, but yet when I die, I know I will make it there. I was a few more witnesses to know that I have not seen him. But I know when I die, God's promise. Shows us that he's already worked out what he's worked out. Moses follows the promise by Joseph to carry the bones into the promised land. We find that in Exodus 13, chapter verse 19. He is obedient. But then also we find out not only is he fulfilling the promise, that in fulfilling this promise, God has prepared a way to display his power for the children of Israel. But here's another thing to think about this, is that has not God expressed his power already? Y'all understand that it wasn't one plague? It wasn't two plagues. It wasn't three. <laughs> he did over ten to show them his power and his authority. But he knew that wasn't good enough. But I want to encourage you to understand that there's some times in our lives that we don't believe God enough. Not because God has not already done enough. It's just that sometimes we're slow to believe. And the reason why we're slow to believe does not limit his power. It just shows how messed up we really are. We are in need of his grace and his mercy because we don't get it right the first time. And I'm so glad that God is so full of grace and mercy that he's willing to show us that he is God each and every day of our lives. Aren't you glad about it? So as God is taking care of Israel, he's showing them that this is my promise. No matter how long it's going to take you to get there, the blessing is there. Mm. And we see this now. Continue on with me in the 13th chapter. If you look at verses 21 and 22, it points out that God went before them. (laughs) 
And in our journey that we're going with God, understand that, that God is not going to lead us where he has not been. All right, so with a few more witnesses right there. God will not lead us where he has not been. I was at a few more witnesses here. Uh, let, let me ex- express it to you like this. Uh, many of you uh, may have been in a, in a venue. Uh, there might have been a dignitary there. Uh, I, I remember when I went to the Hamptons Ministers Conference, and this is then the time I, uh, it was candidate, uh, President Barack Obama. But they told us that if you want to be there when he's there, you need to be there an hour ahead of time. Why do I have to be there an hour ahead of time? Because they had to prepare for his arrival. Which means they had to first check out the facility, make sure that it was safe before they went in. Understanding that we can't just walk in and it not be safe. we got to make sure it's safe before it comes in. And so if you go on to any place that the Benedictary might have been a baseball game, football game, they had an extra security, you had to wait longer. That means that you had, they had to be sure that they were sure that it was safe to go out. Not that they thought it was safe, but they made sure that it was safe. How much more than our God that's not looking out for his people, that he will not make sure it is safe so that you know that it is safe. He says that you are going to go into the promised land and I already know how I'm going to get you there. And I know that this way is the best way and so I'm going to make sure that it is safe for you to go in this direction. And how is it that I can make? I will go ahead of you and I will look out for you. And then while you are following, you already know that it is clear. Some of y'all, like me, y'all watch enough TV shows and see the police, like, open up a door to break in. Clear, clear, right? They clear all the rooms and, you know, it's all clear. Where every time God is walking for you, it's clear. <laughs> you don't have to worry about it because, you know, as long as God is with me, I know everything's going to be all right. Because who's stronger than my God? Who's better than my God? Who's wiser than my God? There's nobody like our God. The Lord went ahead of them and he guided them during the day by the pillar of a cloud and by fire by night. Uh, This allowed them to continue on in their travels, always having light, always having protection, and always having God's covering. But yet also that God had worked it out that even as he took them in a roundabout way, they, they looked like they were lost going in a circle and moving around in certain directions when it did not need to be a few days travel. They could have got there in one day along the way, but he said God took them a roundabout way. And says as they took them a roundabout way, it gave time for, for Pharaoh. So I think about it, I done messed up. <laughs> I, I let all those people go. <laughs> Oh, we are messed up. We let all that free labor, all that free time. Now, what are we going to do? What they, they are within shot. We might be able to see them. We can go and get them. But here, God had all part of the plan that Pharaoh's heart would harden, and he would relent, and he would change his mind. But also notice that God knew Pharaoh would change his mind, and he and and check this out that he put in a place so that Pharaoh would change his mind. But also he knew that the Israelites would change their mind, want to go back to Egypt, and he put them in place to show them that you don't want to change your mind. Mm. Nehemiah 9 and 19 echoes this sentiment says you in your greatness compassion did not forsake them in the wilderness the pillar of cloud did not leave them by day to guide them on the way nor the pillar of fire by night to light for them the way they were to go see that remember that God you showed yourself faithful you showed yourself strong and while he showed himself faithful he showed himself strong he showed himself to work on their behalf. Tell your neighbor, God is working in the background. 
oftentimes we may not see the work that is being done, but know that the work is being done. The Lord will do whatever he needs to do in order to bless <laughs> And that's why they are walking with God, knowing that the Lord with them is more than enough. Watch the Lord move. God is about to show them the power of his might and the wisdom he has in knowing what he is doing. So now look at verse 14, in, I'm sorry, chapter 14, verses 1 through 4. It says, Now the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Tell the sons of Israel to turn back and camp before Pehareth, where Migdal and the sea, and you shall camp in front of Belshazzar, opposite by the sea. For Pharaoh will say to the sons of Israel, They are wandering aimlessly in the land. The wilderness has shut them in. Thus I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will chase after them. And what was it that says there? And I will be honored. Though Pharaoh and all his army and the Egyptians would know that I am the Lord, and they did so. Notice God knows exactly what he is doing. He says, Moses, I want you to do this so that it looks like this. <laughs> it looks like they're lost. It looks like they're trapped. How did they camp? They camped with water on one side and mountains on the other side. And then Pharaoh is going to come in another side. <laughs> so he's looking at as if that how in the world are we going to get out when we got water here, we don't have any boats. <laughs> we got mountains here, we can't outrun these horses and these chariots. And here they come, but God understood that you will know that I am God once I get done. Amen. Mm. Israel did not have the fighting spirit to fight the Philistine nor to face their enemy. Secondly, God knew Pharaoh was going to chase after them. And also, God knew that he would get all the glory. Yes, not only before Egypt, but also before Israel. Matter of fact, we saw Joseph said that God is going to deliver us. And then also God also told them, told them himself that I will punish those who took you in captivity. What I want to highlight here is that nothing catches God by surprise. It may be brand new to us, but it's old news to God. <laughs> God already knew what he was going to do in the wilderness. And yet here it is now to them. It's brand new to them because God is moving at his time. So when Pharaoh gets there. Notice that the children of Israel is where we read today. They get excited. They get excited. And they start complaining. Saying, wasn't it better in Egypt? <laughs> saying that. Why'd you bring us out here? Didn't they have enough graves in Egypt? And notice in their frustration and the hyperbole, they're telling how they really feel in their frustration that you brought us out here to die. Not understanding that God brought them out there to live. Oftentimes in our lives, we don't want to grow. We don't want to change because it causes discomfort. The discomfort that they're going through is them growing in their faith and trusting in God. Faith is based on evidence. Faith is not based on something I don't know, I do not understand. Faith is based on what I do know and what I do understand. I may not fully understand, but I understand it. For example, many of you get in your car. You don't understand how it works. But you understand that if I put get in my car, it can get me from A to B. 
And you're going to say, look, I got here on my own. But you did not get here on your own. But yet that's what we say. Because we, we discount the car. We discount the vehicle. We discount the work. We discount all that was done so that we made it there. We just say, I got here all by myself. Then we take pictures of how we travel all over the world. Not talking about the pilot. Not talking about the boats or the crews. But we say, look where I am. We take credit for stuff we've done because we understand, most, most people understand, you didn't get there by yourself. So it doesn't have to be said, but it is understood. But oftentimes in our lives that we don't say what we understand. We don't say that it had not been for the Lord. On my side, where would I be? Sometimes we get caught up, we start thinking about what I can do and what I cannot do, and then we get frustrated, then we get stressed out, and then we start losing our mind, realizing that I don't have as much power and strength as I do. But yet when I can be still and know that God is God, I start seeing things moving in my faith. Because I realize that once I let go and let God, I find out something that when I think I'm in control, I'm out of control. But once I let go, I put him in control. I don't need to be in control. <laughs> and when I know that he is in control, I know that everything's going to work out. No matter how rocky the boat might be. No matter how many storms may come. No matter how many enemies might come after me. I know that as long as i got God on my side, everything's going to be alright. The Lord already knew. The dangers that were ahead of them. The Lord already knew the dangers that were coming after them. The Lord already knew how he's going to provide for them in the wilderness. They did not know that God had answers to all their problems and their troubles. But yet notice what they wanted to do once trouble came their way. They wanted to go back to the mess they left. As Pharaoh approached the people. Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord and they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? God already knew that when they had to face Philistine, they weren't going to be ready. But yet God wanted to show them to their familiar enemy how I got your back. God already knew that under pressure, they would want to go back to Egypt. But God is leading them to their promise. That same truth is for us. That God is leading us to our promise. Let us not go back. Mm. Egypt can represent your sin, your bondage, and your slavery. And you may have a sense of, of familiarity. And oftentimes a sense of familiarity makes you feel happy because that's what you know. But fear comes from things that you do not know. But here's a beautiful thing that you don't need to know everything. Just know God. And when you know God, you know that, well, God, if you say so, <laughs> it's going to be all right. God has brought them out of Egypt. But yet they have not, he has not gotten Egypt out of them. Mm, 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 mm. Oftentimes in our lives that we say we love the Lord. But we got the world in our heart. How we need to get it to line up that we need to, need to kill and destroy the lingering things that has us captive and see the victory we have in God. So God 
will lead you to someone like Moses and encourage you. Moses tells the people, don't be afraid. Y'all see that there? Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. Uh, I like how he put it this way. Uh, the Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. <laughs> I, I like that it's pointing out that the things that you fear most, you'll find out that they don't have a hold on you. You'll find out that they won't be here any longer. So why are you going to be scared of things that have no power? I was at a few more witnesses here. But when you know God who has all power, once you call on that name and see how things change when you just call on the name of Jesus. And so he's telling them that who you see right now, your enemy, whoever it may be, I don't know that you might be facing the Egyptians, but whatever you're facing, I want you to stand in the power of God's might and just realize that whatever you're facing right now, it, it cannot stand before you with God. Mm. Verse 14 says, The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. God is moving in awesome ways in our lives. When you can just wait on the Lord and see that he will give you strength. Success does not come easy. But let God lead you through the hard times, the difficult times, the unsettling times. But know that as long as God is leading you, guess what? You're still moving forward. I, I, I lost somebody. Don't stop, but keep on trusting in the Lord. As long as he's leading you, you're still moving forward. God encouraged Israel through Moses telling them to be of good courage. Then... God turned to Moses. Now Moses is getting stressed out. Moses feeling all kind of pressure. Lord, they're they getting on my last nerves. And so look at it with me. Y'all still there in chapter 14? You see that in verse 15? Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. <laughs> Pick up your staff and raise your hand over the sea. Divide the water so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. Y'all with me here? Y'all see that there in the text? Y'all see that there? Let me read it to you one more time. It seems like I have everybody with me. I want y'all to see this right here in the text. I'm, I'm going to read it. It says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. <laughs> Then he tells Moses, verse 16, y'all still with me there? Pick up your staff and raise your hand over the sea. Divide the water so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on what? Dry ground. I want to highlight here that they look like an army, but they weren't an army. <laughs> but yet they are God's mighty army that's about to defeat Egypt. But these other things is that they're not fighting because God is going to fight their back. But then we see Moses telling God, I don't know what to do. God said, what do you mean you don't know what to do? Tell them to get moving and grab your staff and raise your hand. I, I wish I had a few more witnesses here to understand what God told them. It says, I've already given you what you need. Grab your staff, raise your hand. And divide the water. 
so that they can walk on dry land. And do you understand? Once Moses lifted up his hand over the water with the staff, he felt a cool breeze. The Bible says that God blew the wind. <laughs> and the wind divided the water. And they walked on dry land. I'm done preaching now. I think y'all got the moment of the text that the Lord will fight your back. Good day now to me, Lord. Bless you real good. And on your way home, you're going to tell somebody. As long as I got in Jesus, I don't need nobody else. I, I may be out in the wilderness dealing with some hardships and some pains going through my life, but yet if I realize that I got everything that I need, as long as I got God with me, who can stand against me? If y'all look closely there in the text, God has always been protecting them. And notice once Pharaoh gets to them, God blew the wind ahead of them. But he moved the fire behind him. Oh, I wish I had a few more witnesses here. God already went ahead of them and cleared the path. And then he put himself before the enemy that you shall not pass. I'm here to encourage you to let you know that God will stand in front of your enemy and let him know you shall not pass. You come far enough. They're going on the other side. I got promise on the other side. A land flow of milk and honey on the other side. Good God from Zion. I'm done now, y'all, but I just got excited to think about how nothing can come after me because all glory be to God. We are more than conquerors. Where is this love for us or anything? Woo! The Lord will fight your battle. All you got to do is be still. Sometimes we're moving too much. That we're not paying close attention to what God called us to do. God has called them just to follow his instructions. As they're following his instructions, they got to see God do amazing things. And when God is moving in our lives, you get to be able to witness amazing things happening in your life. And I'm going to close as I think about how God allowed Moses to raise his hand. And when he raised his hand, he had the staff in his hand. And when he raised his hand and the staff in his hand over the water, it says the wind blew and the water divided. They walked on dry land. And then it said that God moved to the back of the camp to keep confused amongst the enemy. So that they could cross. But notice it said it took them to cross all night until the break of the day. But in the break of the day, they got to see their deliverance. Now I started thinking about what happened on the other break of the day. Because <laughs> they killed him on Friday. <laughs> and he was in that tomb on Friday night. And all day Saturday. But there they Sunday morning. He got over all hours in the city. And I started thinking about how God can give us victory. Even when the enemy thinks they can defeat us. But nothing can separate us from the love of God. We are more than conquerors. Good day now, children, and may the Lord bless you real good. But you ought to testify the Lord will fight my battles. I will be still and know that he has gone all by himself. Nowhere to love. And it lay his life down for us. So stop trying to go back to Egypt. 
Stop trying to go back to the things that you think you like. But trust the Lord and walk in your victory. Walk in your purpose. And notice that when you might deal with a little bit of resistance. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I, that's not in my sermon. But when you deal with a little bit of resistance, that might mean you're on the right path. Hey, the enemy won't mess with you if you're on his team. But you find against them, then you might be dealing with some stuff. But that's when you should remind yourself that I can just call on Jesus and he will give me victory. I'm so glad God will fight your battle. Just be still and know that he is God. He shall be exalted. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you that despite all things, we are more than conquerors. Through Christ Jesus. Thank you, God, that you do fight our battles. Even, Lord, that we don't know what we're going through. We thank you, Lord, that you have already protected us and prepared for our victory. Uh, Father, forgive us for times we doubted you. Forgive us the times that we look back. Forgive us the times that we wanted to stop moving forward. But Lord, we just say thank you one more time for your grace and your mercy and your compassion. That, Lord, you have not forsaken us. You have not left us. You have not given up on us. But, Lord, you bless us daily with your grace. Father, there might be someone that does not know Jesus as their Lord and say, Lord, I pray that they confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Christ died on the cross for their sins. Hallelujah, Lord, we thank you that you defeated them and rose from the grave. And Lord, we thank you that you are now exalted, seated at the right hand of Father and Majesty. And all who call the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, there might be someone here looking for a church home. Uh, Father, we pray with them that, Lord, you will lead them and guide them. Well, Bible, preaching, teaching, discipling church where they can fellowship, commune with the saints, celebrate a baptism and come together in fellowship. And Father, Zion is that place where we welcome them here in this place. But Lord, if it's not where we ask you to guide them uh, to where they can grow and mature and be your saints. And that we can continue to make progress for your kingdom and for your glory, Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. Continue to praise our God and give Him worship. We prepare to give God His tithes and our offering. And as we prepare to give God His tithes and our offering, I ask you if you can uh, uh, prepare your tithes and offering. Also, this is the second Sunday. Uh, we'll have a special offer for the United Usher Board. And you can also, those who are online, you can, you can uh, give your text. Uh, you can text to give or give online through our app on our website. Uh, let us pray as we prepare to give God His tithes and our offering. Amen. Mighty God, we just thank you. For blessing us and increasing us that you have. Lord, we freely give back to you what already belongs to you. Uh, Father, we thank you for those who have desired to give but yet have not. Uh, we thank you, Lord, that you supply all our needs. Now, Father, bless what is given. Uh, and may you multiply it and increase it for the building of your church, of your kingdom, and, and evangelizing and equipping and clothing and for service. Uh, we thank you, Jesus Christ, and Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. Ask the usher to please come forward and lead us. And if, if today you decided you want to join this fellowship and during the time of offering, you're welcome to walk around and we talk to our deacons up, our deacon and ministers up here as well. On behalf of welcoming you to this fellowship. Amen. Amen. And you're not other supporters going to be where? Okay, next all right, next 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 month. All right. Next Sunday, new morning, next month, new morning.
the scholar, that's right, the elders, the scholarship, that's right, amen, amen. Thank you.